The Koi Gig Pod. I wouldn't care if Megan Campbell didn't have hamstrings left. If yeah. she just stood on the sideline, she has to play. And subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. Daniel Harris is with us. Daniel, good morning to you. Hello. This is the age of uh, Casemiro. It's finally, it only took like four months for the manager who signed him to, um, you know, stick him in the team. And lo and behold, he's world class. Yeah, it has turned out that he's good after all. Um, I always think it's a bit weird with players like Casemiro. I thought this when United signed Cavani as well, where people think that they're coming for the money, which might be the case. But when you have these lads who've basically sacrificed the entirety of their youth to be good at football, and that is basically what you have to do to be good at football. When all your mates are having a good time, you're going to bed early and all the rest of it. The idea that they will suddenly morph into people who just turn up and collect their wages rather than rather than do what they've always done before that is is quite a weird one. I mean, I'm sure it does happen. And yeah, the Cavani just not stop turning up then. I'm not sure what happened to Cavani in the second season, but I'm, I'm not saying it would never happen. I'm just saying that it is a strange position to take to think that someone is going to change the way that they've lived their life for two decades, more or less, to suddenly become something that they're not. And I mean, I, I actually, I thought, I wondered if it was just me, if I was just created this straw man in my head. So I did, I did a Twitter search for Casemiro and Payday, and there was quite a lot of conjecture on this point. But... I think also when people saw him play the first few games, he he looked a bit off the pace, which I guess was one of the reasons Ten Hag didn't select him until then. But we've seen in the last couple of weeks that it turns out that he is actually quite good at football after all. And we all saw his reaction to the goal. Yeah, and it was—I mean, it was a—it was a brilliant header. I, I, you know, let's hope from Manchester United's perspective that they get at least two seasons, two more years, two and a half years uh, of this level of performance with Casemiro. It's really something to build a team around. They appeared until Brown went off injured again to have a centre-back partnership, but at least uh, they have one centre-back who also looks good. So there's there's the building blocks of a team here and there's a strategy around the signings. And again, you know, it's not perfect and we'll, we'll get to the issues in a moment. But certainly this is about as positive, I suspect, as most Manchester United fans have felt in a long time. Uh, yeah, because I think what Ten Hag has done is he signed... He, it looks like he... It's early days, so you don't want to start... I mean, at this point, a few a few years ago, we still thought Angel Maria might be Di Maria might be a good signing. So don't don't get too excited too quickly. But what it does look like is he signed a really good players who, apart from Casemiro, who've got a lot of space to improve because they're young, but also the mentality is absolutely bang on. If you look at uh, Lisandro Martinez, if you look at Anthony. They strike me as players with the mentality that Fergie would have signed them. They're players who want the ball, who never hide, who are absolutely committed to what they're doing. And even if you... They'll they'll make mistakes because all players do. I mean, United should have won really against Chelsea and they got punished in a way they didn't against Tottenham for not scoring when they were on top. And I mean, Anthony should have scored that chance in the same way he had a chance he should have scored against Tottenham as well. But what, what you see with those players, with the right mentality, is it doesn't affect them and they keep coming back for more and they want the next chance. And Anthony in particular, what I really like about him is he always wants to take the ball. And if you want to take the ball from him, he's happy to turn it into a scuffle. You have to actually take the ball away from him. He won't try and not get to the ball or go with it 
with his little toe, he'll put himself about. And that is something that's been sorely missing from United over the last few seasons. Yeah, they're nasty little. Like, there's a bit of niggle about Martinez in particular. Martinez, Martinez, Anthony as well though. Like for a very, very lean, skinny guy, you know, in that first match he played, like there was, he wasn't afraid, you say, to get into a scuffle, to get into a bit of a scrap. Casemiro has that naturally. Even Malasia, who they brought in, I know he's dropped out now for sure, but he had that fight in him as well, and that's something United have massively lacked. It actually just be difficult to play against. Yeah, if you see uh, when when the equaliser goes in, there's some footage uh, on the internet, obviously that uh, Anthony's running over to the celebration, but on his way, he sticks his face in Jorginho's face and laughs at him as he's, as, as he's on his way. And, I mean, as football supporters, everyone likes to see that kind of thing, despite it being exactly the kind of thing that no one wants to see. <laughs> Put on your commentary. Oh, that's terrible. What's he doing? Yeah, um, see that? <laughs> yeah, we I remember it happened to United one, like, years ago. I think it was in like, 07, 08, it must have been. United played Arsenal and they drew two all, but Arsenal equalised in the last second. And Fabregas goes up to Rio Ferdinand on his way to celebrate with his mates and laughs at him and starts screaming in his face. And that's the kind of needle that we all like, that we're doing it to our mates in the playground and we're doing it on Sundays, Sunday mornings when we're playing. And it's that level of nastiness, like you say, that is part of what makes football great because football has an edge to it. And that's one of the reasons we fell in love with it. And when you see your your team's players behaving in that manner, it it brings people together. And uh, there's also another great photo of uh, when, when the goal goes in, Martinez is there in the, in the bundle celebrating and he's got this bloke by the collar, um, a, a supporter. And then on Twitter, Martinez says, don't, like, don't, retweets the photo saying, don't know who you are, but we're all on the same side. And the bloke replies saying, oh, I love you, mate. <laughs> and it's just those kinds of things and it's so it's almost pathetic in its way it makes us into babies but at the same time it's really nice to have that regression because provided it's all on the right side of the line that's what that's what football's about and it's kind of like it's almost like a ritual Martinez says said it to the guy the guy responds and it's almost like a ritual because we've seen it played out before but at the same time it's a different it's like a real incarnation of joy that football brings us right. to behave in a way that we would not ordinarily behave in any other in any other walk of life and that's we need that we need to go and act like lunatics every now and again yeah and uh, uh you know obviously in the, in the best positive way best possible way when it's positive 100 percent. and it, the, the transformation in old trafford is like very remarkable from the start of the season and where we are now that's the hallmark of a manager at least who has got to grips with the situation and again is convincing the players that there is a long term plan there is a long term strategy he's got so many players in the first team now who are his guys or who have had to fight their way back in to be his guy I'm thinking Luke Shaw in particular has started to play a good bit better as well and again that that goes back to that sense of positivity around him uh, Colm, our producer, is a Manchester United fan. He's making the point that um, they are tactically better at the moment. Do you agree with that? Are they tactically better? Do they look like a team? Yeah, you can see that they look like they know what they're doing. They've started moving the ball out of defence again. You're seeing the fullbacks constantly moving inside. And they're building relationships in the team because he's been quite careful about not changing it too much. And that enables you to that enables the players to build relationships. Even on even under Ole, I remember speaking to um, Paul McGuinness, who's a coach, who's a Wolf's son, and he he was saying that the main difference he felt between between the United and the teams they were trying to catch was just time. That Liverpool and City, their players have been together for been playing together for several years by that point, and then you get those automatisms because 
everyone knows what everyone else is going to do. And that means that you can play in a more fluent way. And you're seeing that with these players, that they're taking on board the instructions and they're obviously rehearsing them in, in, in training. And then they're, they're, you go onto the pitch, they work, and then you want to do them again. And one, one of the main differences also is that for years, United have had no right flank. So teams teams knew that you could let Juan Bissaka have the ball. He was unlikely to do anything with it. There was no one that wanted to play on the right wing. United wanted everything down the left. And so you could sort of forget about one side of the pitch. That's not the case anymore because Dallow's playing really well. He had a nightmare in the derby, but otherwise it's been excellent. He was excellent against Tottenham. He was excellent again at the weekend. And uh, Anthony is someone who he knows where he's going to be. He's going to be on the touchline and he's going to try and move in field. And that means if you know what people are going to do, then, then you can plan for that. And we knew that Ten Hag was a tactician and... I, I, it reminded me the game against Chelsea actually reminded me a game sorry the game against Tottenham last week in the midweek reminded me a game I saw Spurs play against Everton when um, Pochettino had just taken over and I hadn't watched every game up till then so maybe it was only really revolutionary for me but I just I was watching the game I was covering it for, for the Guardian and um, I thought what on earth is this because Tottenham just absolutely ran Everton off the pitch they wiped the floor with them physically they wiped the floor with them technically and it was like something completely different. And I watch United every week, so I felt like the performance against Tottenham was, I'd seen the building blocks of it. Even when they drew in Newcastle last weekend, I wasn't, I, I wasn't sitting there thinking, this is rubbish, what on earth is going on? Because I could see that it was an improvement on the previous game that was an improvement on the previous game. When they were chasing the game, they didn't panic. They kept doing the same things. And they made, loads, they made some really good chances in the last 20 minutes. And it looked like a goal was coming. It didn't come. And the game against Tottenham felt like them setting a standard, saying, this is how well we can play. And the manager said it afterwards, but you're not allowed to drop below that now. And Chelsea felt like another building block on top of that, where they dominated Chelsea for most of the first half, didn't take their chances, and that's something that has to come. But you can see the building blocks of a team where, when that happens, it feels like you're in a position to start getting results when you're not playing well. And this was something they didn't quite have under Ole all the time, where if they didn't play well often, they got beaten because they didn't have a really solid math method of playing yeah. to fall back on when the individual brilliance wasn't working. They scored loads and loads of brilliant goals under Ole, loads of bangers, hardly any crap goals, because those are the kind of goals you get when you're There's playing a in, a, in a slightly more stuffy manner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It goes back to what Gareth Roberts to... was saying about Liverpool, that Liverpool at their best it was the same sort of goal they scored all the time, whereas now there's no real pattern to the types of goal they scored. They're just sort of going off somebody's ass or something exceptional happens, whereas yeah. at their best, everything was preordained, it seemed. Yeah, I think because with Liverpool, what, what happened really is that the main thing with this Liverpool team for me, apart from age, which is one of those things that happens and they, the board aren't giving Klopp the money he needs to refresh the team properly, was when they swapped uh, Wijnaldum for Thiago. Because if you think about how Liverpool play, I know Thiago's a better player than Wijnaldum, but if you think about how Liverpool play, basically it's quite simple. I mean, you can overcomplicate it, and I'm sure the way that Klopp organises the pressing is way beyond our footballing comprehension because no one's ever explained it to us and he'll never allow anyone in to watch the pressing. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's nonsense at all, but just the method of which Liverpool play was they had three massive athletes in midfield, Fabinho, Henderson and Wijnaldum most of the time. They could run you off the pitch in midfield, they could win the ball high up the pitch. That meant that the fullbacks could basically act as playmakers 
and you couldn't do that much behind them in the space that they left because you couldn't get the ball. And it meant that the wide attackers, Salah and Mane, would be able to attack the box because you get the width from the fullbacks. Then as soon as you swap Wijnaldum for Thiago, the balance of that team changes because Thiago is a passer. He's also not fit that often. It means that you can't run the players off. You can't run the opposition off the pitch in the same way. And it means that those spaces behind the fullbacks are available and teams have been absolutely smashing Liverpool in that area. And that, that manner of playing has gone and the team's evolving, but it's not evolved fast enough or with the financial backing to make you able to win those games in that stuffy way, like you say. But United are a young team and they still they still need some adjustments. I mean, if they had a proper centre forward, they would have won that Chelsea game really easily. Well, um, well, but well, one thing to keep an eye on before you talk about Ronaldo is the fixture list. United have played everybody already, even in the last week. You know, Newcastle, Tottenham, Chelsea, three of the other contenders for the top four. They beat Arsenal. They beat Liverpool. They were obviously humiliated by Manchester City. Now they have a different run of fixtures. So the three games between now and the World Cup break are West Ham, Aston Villa and Fulham. And then the three games straight after are Forest, Wolves and Bournemouth. Ooh, six wins. Well, but different types of teams who will set up very different to the best sides. And, you know, the counter-attacking football that United play at times, can they be a team to totally dominate possession, control those games? There's a big opportunity, though, for them in that run of fixtures. At least yeah, I agree. At least they have a manager who will like uh, take that and think, I'm going to have to do something different. Yeah, I mean, well, what, what, what you saw against Chelsea was slightly different to what you saw against Tottenham because um, um, Tanakh exchanged Fred for Eriksen. And then I, I, I didn't think he would do that. Watching the Spurs game, and I'd wondered it even when United signed Eriksen, whether actually Eriksen would get into United's best team, even though I know he's a beautiful, excellent player. Because what Fred gave United against Tottenham was, some, was tempo. Um, that United were able to win the ball high up the pitch and play at a really quick tempo because they had some physicality there. So I actually thought, I was actually wondering if United United's first 11 actually would have Fred in it because he's really good at winning the ball high up the pitch and enabling them to play at speed. Um, but then he brought, uh, Ericsson played against Chelsea and they were still able to do that. And Tenach is building a possession team. And what you saw against Chelsea in particular is the positions the fullbacks take up. And it seems it's almost like a hybrid of what Guardiola does and what Klopp does because you've got that sort of speed and physicality of Klopp but you've got that Guardiola trying to overpopulate the midfield to make sure that you dominate possession. And that's something that United haven't had in any of the Fergie years. And even even before Fergie, I remember talking to a friend before the game against Chelsea, and I said, I haven't said this probably since about 2011, but I don't think Chelsea are going to be able to cope with United in midfield. Because even at the end of the Fergie years, you know, Fergie didn't buy a midfielder between Owen Hargreaves and Nick Powell. And he basically, towards the end, when the Glazers were giving him very little money, he pretty much he relied on having a great defence and loads of attacking options, loads of wingers, loads of strikers, who he could use depending on the situation of the game, but they didn't have as good a level of midfield control as the great teams had had before that. Whereas what you're seeing now is Casemiro, Eriksen, Bruno... Uh, with the fullbacks are actually starting to control the ball and control the game against good teams. They didn't quite have it against Arsenal. Like It wasn't a stuffy win, I wouldn't say, but they could, on a different day, they could have lost that game. Arsenal played pretty well that day. But what you're seeing now in the last few weeks, you saw it against Newcastle, you saw it against Tottenham, you saw it against Chelsea, is that they're starting to dominate the ball and they're starting to do it against good teams. And that is the advantage of having... Uh, a centre-back like Martinez, who's always trying to pass the ball forward yeah. and has that combination that is very rare. He's really aggressive, 
but he's not wild and he's really composed but he's also got really good football intelligence and he's always trying to pass the ball forward he's working out yeah. yes he's and then you've got someone like Casemiro who just obviously knows what you have to do on a football pitch and is always trying to control the game and keep the ball and then you have a passer like Ericsson and you've got Bruno who 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 is learning who's learning a new a slightly new position but the last two games show that it feels like he's understood it now yeah yeah. Felt a bit like he was the fir- the first few games. He was he was struggling a little bit because he'd previously been the guy who everything goes through. Then all of a sudden, you've actually got he's got some good players around him or coaching, or coaching. That's the other thing. He might just be being asked and told what to do and given a, a feedback loop as opposed to you're creative. You go out there and do it. You give us some big moments, and everybody's gonna everybody's gonna respond to you. You know. Um, so <clears throat> the tactically anarchic uh, thing that was out there about him might only have been under that regime I do, yeah, have, to, I I do have to ask you about Ronaldo sorry we're nearly out of time uh, okay. and I want to get this in before we go um, like it, it looks to me we, we were having this conversation earlier like uh, Ten Hag may well have mismanaged the situation or else he's managing it exactly how he wants he wants he wants the rest of the world to get to the point where they see that Ronaldo has no future at Manchester United and so therefore the only thing is a breakup. It's like a, he's been breadcrumbing this for such a long period of time. You know, I couldn't possibly bring him on in the derby because it would have humiliated him and then he won't <laughs> even come on. Do you know, there's like, he, he's either he's either a, a genius and has played this perfectly because what he wants is Ronaldo out of the club or he's missing an opportunity to have somebody who might be worth coming off the bench for the last half an hour in those games against Chelsea. Yeah, I think he's, he's played it really well but Ronaldo is completely deluded. In that, what 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 are his outs? Like his, his, when when his agents start started saying he wanted to leave in the summer, you assumed that there was a plan because you're sitting there thinking, well, which team that Ronaldo wants to go to would have him? And the answer you think is none of them. And now, if I if I'm Ronaldo, I guess I'm thinking United are improving, being United super sub, getting occasional starts, coming on when they need a goal with an hour to go, coming on to help defend the front post at corners because he's really good at that seems to me to be the best he's getting because United are going to hopefully compete for some trophies in the near future and I if I was him I'd be thinking what can I do to get another couple of years here rather than how can I agitate to burn my bridges because what what are Ronaldo's alternatives and no one seems to have a good idea as to what they are but his ego is such and I guess it's the ego that's carried him to where he is, but his ego is such that he's unable to manage that. And you've seen other great players be happy with that. I mean, not as great as Ronaldo necessarily, but Brian Robson say towards the end of his career, he was someone who United would bring on when they were looking for someone to help the referee with any decisions that he wasn't sure about, to kick people about a little bit and to calm it down with his passing. Brian Robson was cool with that. And I don't understand why Ronaldo isn't cool with that because he doesn't have alternatives. If he did, then you'd say, Gesundheit, like, absolutely, then go and go for your life. But I think that Ten Hag would probably quite like a focused Ronaldo as an option, but Ronaldo's not allowing that to be the case. So he's he's, he's eased him out by making Ronaldo look like what Ronaldo is and making himself look quite calm and composed and in control. I think he's, I think he's handled it beautifully. Daniel, good stuff. Thanks for joining us this morning. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Have a good day, everyone. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.